Everyone's a fruit and a nutcase. It keeps you going when you toss the cable. Whatever you are doing, punting, canoeing, is nutritious and pretitious to judiciously be chewing. Happy Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Museum of Comedy podcast. This week's guest, presented by Museum of Comedy and Robert Ross, is Vera Day. Beautiful. Thank you. So, uh, Bill, we've got an exclusive audience here today on oh. this lovely Sunday afternoon who've just watched you in the Hammer film Clean Sweep. Do you have memories of that at all? Yes, uh, quite a few, actually. Um, number one, it was a, a, the smallest, shortest film I'd ever done, but uh, that was fine. Um, Eric Barker, it was lovely to meet him because as a little girl, there was a radio programme, and I can't remember what it was called, up the something or whatever, and he was fascinating, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm actually talking to this man who made me laugh when I was a little girl. And then, of course, the lovely Thor heard, uh, very nice, but totally obsessed with Janet Scott, her daughter. It was all, our Jan, our Janet, our Jan. I can't do the accent, I'm afraid, but never mind. And I just moved into a flat in Bayswater. Um, I'd only been in the business for a little while and I couldn't really afford all the best and I was in a furnished flat. And uh, she'd say, oh, well, I suppose you've got all the latest, latest sink, uh, 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 taps for the sink, have you? And I'm saying, mm, she said, because our Jan's got those, our Jan, because our Jan, now our Jan's got blinds, you've got blinds, our Jan. Uh, yeah, I, I, everything was our Jan. I thought, oh, my God, if you say our Jan anymore, I'm going to scream. <laughs> Anyway, that's my memories of... Uh, and you said it was a, obviously a, a two-wheeler uh, made at Bray Studios. Now, Bray was quite a small studio as well, wasn't it? Was that a difference, obviously, from working at Shepperton or Pinewood? Yes, or yeah. Bray was like going into someone's nice house. <laughs> you know, it was. A, a nice house, a nice room here and a nice room there. And um, garden, <laughs> uh, which I used to spend lots of my time out in the garden, sunbathing. And then they drag me in and say, come over here on the set. Oh, all right, fine. <laughs> Is that what I'm here for, actually, to work, not to sunbathe? But, um, yeah, Bray was... Uh, very nice. And obviously, uh, Hammer is now synonymous with, with horror films, but Ooh. you did four films on Hammer, three of which were comedies. Um, you worked with Val Guest on Up the Creek with Peter Sellers. Was that, was that Hammer? That was Hammer, yes. I didn't know oh, that. Gosh, yes. Oh, my goodness me. And the other one was, was Watch It Sailor. Oh, Watch It Sailor, yes. I knew that was Hammer, but I didn't know that... Um, yes, because yeah, the Hammer, were, they didn't do horror films so much. They became renowned for horror films later. Mm. I didn't realise that they did all those other sort of films. Lots, yeah. lots of those sort of uh, military and nautical comedies were, were the vogue in those sort of late 50s, were early they? 60s they were times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you did one sort of on the cusp of, of horror, you did Quatermass 2. Which was sort Yes, of no, of I always think that's Hammer, but it, it, it was. Is oh, it is Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. It's okay. That's, that's your four hammers. So memories of doing yeah. quite much too, because my, my learned friend Marcus Hearn, who's the official Hammer historian, says that's his favourite Hammer film of all time. Is it? Quite much too. Oh. Well... <laughs> no, no comments. <laughs> no, I, um, I didn't have a tremendously big part in it, so I can't recount too many things, really. It, it was just nice to work with Val Guest. Nice to work with Brian Dunleavy. Um, he was very, very sort of silently funny. Dour, dour. Is that the word? Dour, D-O-U-R, 
Dürf and sort of, he, he was funny, but not overtly funny and uh, sort of square and tough and uh, very nice, but I can't give you too you many memories. You say it was a small role, but I mean, you're on the poster, both name and, oh, and face, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, well, I was the only, I was the glamour girl, obviously, you know, so they were going to use me, weren't they? You know, screaming out like that and, and obviously not having it on the face. If, if it had been on the face, then... No, of course that they couldn't have used me as the glamour girl, but because it was here, it was fine. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sort of bite of the, yeah, of the yes, alien, Yeah, yes, there's the great the big horrible thing, thing. Yeah. yes, yeah. So that was the idea that was on your face originally, was that the idea? Oh, no, 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 everybody else had it on oh. their face. But when he was somebody, I said, no, no, not on the face, it was going to be here. <laughs> not having it on my face, no. <laughs> and, and Val Guest uh, uh, may claim, I suppose, to, to have discovered you in a way. Is, it, is that true? Well, or yes, it did, really, it did, yes, because I, um, I started off uh, in a show called Wish You Were Here. Oh, dear. The they found you. By. They found you, Rob. I know. Uh, it's the police. Um, I, yes, I started off in, in the show, a musical comedy called Wish You Were Here, where all I had to do was run around the stage in a bikini and stuff like that, in the chorus, you know. I know. And um, I hadn't any training or anything. I just don't know how I got in here, but I did. And the opening night, uh, Val Guest was in the show and uh, Bill Watts also. And uh, he left a message saying, will you please phone me? Uh, because um, I'm very interested in talking to you because I'd like to have a date with you. No, <laughs> he didn't say that. No, he said, I'd be very interested to meet you. And I did. And he wrote me in a part in his film that he was making. And that was the first film that I did. And I'd only, be, I'd only been in the business for one day, you know. Yeah. And that was the... That was Little Lady. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So, but you say you, you don't know how you... I mean, you, you, were you a model or you a dancer? Mm, what, what was no, your road into, no, into that no, show? No, no, no. I was working as a, as a hairdresser. Um, hairdresser's model for Vidal Sassoon, right? And I used to model for him. And before that, I'd had all sorts of jobs, receptionist and shop girl. I hated them all. And uh, and I had a boyfriend at the time who was um, an actor. Met him, he was he was actor in a, a show called Mr Roberts. And uh, anyway, he'd finished his thing there. And uh, he, he said, well, there's an auditions at uh, uh, the Delphi Theatre for hunky guys, muscle men. And bathing beauties, girls who look good in, in bikinis and stuff. Um, but you've just got to sing and dance. So I said, right, so he would go and buy a bikini, he said, and then just you know, get a bit of music and get your mum to you know, back you at home and I'll play, you know, practice this piano at home. And what was it? If I were a bell, I'd be ringing, yeah. Ask me, how do I feel? Ask me. Anyway, first ten uh, auditions, it was a piece of cake. Just you, you, you and the rest go home. And you, you, you and the rest go home. So just like that and then it came to the point of okay uh what can you do Vera and I said well I'm a singer so they said okay sing and I was so nervous and I was going ask me how do I feel ask me how that I'm cozy and cling it was so awful and they said yeah okay Vera that's fine uh what else can you do I said well um I'm a dancer they said oh, dance Oh dear, so I say, oh, right, uh, can I dance with my boyfriend then? Yeah, so on Arthur comes in his leopard skin little thing there and his, his pencils, <laughs> trainers, and me and my bikini and high heel shoes. And we jived, you know, you imagine, jiving to no music on the stage. 
And they were in fits of laughter. They were sitting in the audience, killing themselves. Uh, Jack Hilton's daughter was there, and she told me about it afterwards. She said, Vera, they knew they were going to have you in the show, because every time you walked on the stage in the auditions, photographers were taking pictures and getting in the newspaper, you know. And, uh, but they just wanted you to get you out and say, all right, Vera, what else can you... I said, well, actually, uh, I'm not a singer or a dancer, actually in a very Cockney accent, which I had then. I said, naturally, I'm a straight actress. And that was it then. They just <laughs> fell about, I'm a straight actress. So I said, OK, you're in. I went, whoa! <laughs> anyway, I'll get in, and Arthur didn't. And he was, he was the one who just said, what? I don't believe it. He didn't get in. And um, he was very possessive, and he said, right, OK, they obviously want you very much. Now, you've got to go and you've got to phone up Jack Hilton and tell them that if I don't get in, you're not going to do the show. I mean, can you imagine what behaviour, right? And I did actually phone and say, look, you know, my boyfriend said, come on, Vera, don't be stupid, blah, blah, blah. And it was OK. He had to allow me to go in the show. And I did. And that was it. That's how it all started. In a year, everything happened. I made three movies. I had to sign up for three more films. Yeah. Uh, not films, shows with Jack Hill. Sure, and one of those was with the Crozier Gang, was that right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the last one. That, that must have been manic, manic to work with those. Oh, guys. totally manic. Yeah. Manic, but, but love it. I was dreading, dreading doing it because they'd had such a, they'd such a bad reputation of being, you know, chasing girls all over the stage and doing terrible jokes. And they did play a very nasty joke on me, which I'll tell you in a minute okay. if we've got time. But uh, they turned out to be great. They were lovely. They were funny. And, uh, and I learned a lot from them, actually. Uh, but I had this little scene where I used to come on saying, is there anybody, the three of us, is anybody looking for a wife, right? And one was me in negligee and little top. The other one was in a little frilly thing, you know, I, I can cook. And the other one like, was the hostess. And I came on and said, is anybody looking for a wife? Blah, 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 blah. And every night, I thought, oh, God, this bras. Is anybody looking for a wife? A lover who will love you all your life. A cottage small do me if the bedroom's big and roomy. Is anybody looking for a wife? Anyway, this goes on and it was getting worse and worse. And the last time it came out, I could hardly keep my hands off my top. I was like, came off, I was red raw. Okay. They'd been putting itching powder <laughs> in there every night. And every night, and they overdid it. And I, I was from here to here, red. Jack Hilton went absolutely spare. Because, I, you know, I, I was completely uh, damaged. You know, and how I didn't rip it off and throw it in the audience, I don't know. I mean, the Queen could have been in there because she used to come in every, nearly every week. Probably. The big finish. Probably, uh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, they were massive long runs, weren't they? The two Palace. years, two yeah. years was yeah. in there, and twice nightly. Mm. Twice nightly, which was like, and filming all day, and then twice nightly, and then getting on a bus and going home to Forest Gate. So I was a little bit... Um, so you mentioned the, the, the girl chasing. Were they a little bit past it then, or, or they were still quite naughty? Uh, no, they, they were, well, one of his wife, and he was quite all right. And, um, yeah... The, Monsieur the other, Eddie Gray. He wasn't it? in it. He wasn't in it? No, oh, no, he wasn't in the show, no. No. That's a shame. <laughs> OK. You were cast, I suppose, to your type in the late, late Bond films, but did you feel 
as an actor frustrated at the time that you were playing no, the same part? No, I was just thrilled and happy that I was in there because, you know, I'd had no dramatic training. You know, I mean, when I left school, I, you know, uh, my teacher said, well, Vera, you know, you're very good at acting and drama, you should go to drama school. And drama school, you know, I'd, my mum and dad never heard of drama school, you know, rather, and I'd had to go straight out to work, as, we, as you know, you did in those days. And, um, no, I just felt how lucky I was to, to get in it at all. So I wasn't going to start saying, oh, my God, you know, I want to play Shakespeare. Or something. I was still to death with what I was Would you doing. want to play Shakespeare, though? No. no OK. Right. <laughs> so Peter Hawke and go away now. Um, but, I mean, those films, we're talking about the comedies, but uh, um, I've known you a long time, but uh, um, you did an amazing film, which uh, I adore, called Grip of the Strangler with Boris Karloff. Mm. Now, again, he's another actor that, that obviously was known for, for horrific parts, but mm. was a, a gentleman and mm. everything. Was he somebody you obviously watched as a kid on the cinema? He was, uh, as a child, if I did anything naughty or a little bit naughty, whatever, uh, ah, get Boris Karloff after you. Boris Karloff was the bogeyman. You know, the, oh, and I couldn't believe it. I, and I told him, I said, you know what? I was terrified, I was threatened by a visit from you as a child, you know, because you were the, like the bogeyman. And he was such a gentleman. He was so quiet and uh, loved cricket and um, a lovely, kind, gentle man. Uh, and that film, you was a very low budget, that film. Mm. And um, I, I probably couldn't afford the proper makeup artist because I think we did it one day, didn't we? <laughs> Remember that mad day when you were yeah, doing that yeah, face? Yeah. Do you want to do it now, my God? No, no it's, not on, it's not on video, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> he after, does it very well, actually. After a couple of bottles of wine, we do tend to, to reenact scenes from Ripper Australia. Yeah, have you, have yeah. you seen the film? You have, yeah. it's a handful, yeah, it's an amazing yeah. film. Yeah. Um, it's on DVD now, I think. It's, is it? You, you, can, you can buy it, yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, it has been known. If you see us in pubs and, and you see me doing funny faces, that's <laughs> what I'm doing. doing. I'm not having a fit, I no. promise you. Because um, <laughs> he just used to say, just and go, and pull his face up. No, it's amazing, amazing. <laughs> and there's another film at that time, because you're, you're a bit of a cult figure, aren't you, really, Vera? For, yeah. for, for those two for films. For those sort of films. Yeah, Grip of the Woman Eater. Woman Eater. With, Woman Eater, with, <laughs> yeah, with George Kalouris. Yes. Can, you, can, you, can you sort of, in, in, in a minute, sum up the plot of Woman Eater? Yes, Woman Eater. It was... George Kalouris was a, a, a scientist, mad scientist, and he had uh, a tree that he was down in the basement. And he discovered this tree in Africa or somewhere, and from this tree you could get elixir, Right, it was but you had to have this little native boy playing the the tom toms. <laughs> da -da -da -da. That was had to have. So every time he went down to do that, there he was playing the tom toms, right, for no reason whatsoever. But he was just there doing that. And uh, this tree was sort of doing all that, well, uh, and then the the way they got the elixir are uh, for uh, bringing people having life forever. Everlasting life for woman, not just any woman. It's got to be a beautiful woman, and, and of course, and the arms would come out, and they'd. <laughs> anyway, I go for a job there as a, a very unlikely housekeeper, <laughs> and there's this bloke behind the tree. I mean, talking about today's technology, you can see his arm. He said, "Oh, that was his job, standing behind the tree, waving the bits about." 
as well as the guy playing the Tom Tom. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's... Is that available? Can you actually... I don't know. Maybe maybe on YouTube. Yeah. yeah but, great I mean, you, 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 you can get it because I've, I've seen it on TV. It's, uh, no, somebody gave me a... Uh, no, not a video, on no. the old one. The, Steam-driven oh. laser disc? No, um, no. Te- uh, it's it's a big square thing. You open it and it's a big square... LP? Laser disc? No. No. Big videotape. Big one. God, it's not old. Oh, sorry, VHS. I'm sorry. It's like Betamax, maybe. (laughs) Um, So so was there a contrast or or did you go to every single job with the same attitude of professionalism? Yeah, Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, Some I enjoyed more than others. uh, Actually, most of them I enjoyed because I I just loved the, the... the, the life that I was in, and I enjoyed it, you know. So, so, so being directed by Laurence Olivier, that must have been pretty impressive. A lovely, lovely man. And great director, yeah. And Carol Reed was another one who was a great so, director, who could do, play everyone's part for them. As a kid for two farthings, wasn't it? Yeah. With Diana Dawes. Yeah. To be honest with you, Diana Dawes, now I'm not being catty or bitchy here, I really am not. That means you obviously. are being catty. Yeah. I am, I am. <laughs> no, she was... Yes, glamour. Oh, yeah, the Britain's Marilyn Monroe. But it wasn't really. She used to have... Uh, she had Dennis's white socks to fill out the, the bosoms, right, before the silicone was there. So that, that was... So, she was very bandy. Legs were bandy. Oh, don't be in catty. Shall I stop now? <laughs> no, no, please. Shall I stop? No, no, carry on. But it's true, but it, the, the all over... And the hair and the all over... Wow! In your face. But if you take it bit for bit, it... No. She wasn't, I wouldn't say she was... Uh, was, but, but was she aware of that? Because, I mean, you see her in um, Oliver Twist, where she is obviously brunette and, and oh. uh, playing a character part. Oh. Was she aware that, unlike you, she was manufactured in a way? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, she was. And would she that was give her some sort of complex, or was she, was she OK no, to... No, she was, she, like me, I suppose, just happy to be doing what she was doing, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, happy to be making money. That was a big thing in her life, making lots of money. She was mm. quite enjoyed that. And so um, Marilyn Monroe, what was she like? Marilyn Monroe, well, Marilyn Monroe is beautiful, um, very, very vulnerable. Um, would take an awful long time to come out of her condominium. Like everyone would be waiting for her and she'd be sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And everyone would be talking about her and uh, saying how unprofessional she was and blah, 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 which I suppose she was. But, I mean, I was quite happy because I was getting paid a daily rate. And I thought, oh, I was sitting, <laughs> sitting there doing nothing. I'm making lots of money here, you know. Yeah. But they, the other cast, they, you know, Jean Kent and Richard Wattis and all these people, they did find her very unprofessional. But when she did come on and she did like she'd fluff her lines quite a bit and she had to say one day we oui. you're like that that's all Fred we oui. and she kept at her we is that okay is that okay and I, I thought my god you've only got to say we oui. you know <laughs> and then she, or another time she had to do something and I can't remember the line but she kept fluffing and um and then, anyway, in the end, she, she got it. And her eyes, when she got it, she was like, oh, my God, I've got it. And this sort of thing came over her, like she was so thrilled with it. And this beautiful, translucent innocence comes out. Yeah, very strange, complex lady. It's an amazing performance when you watch that film because there's moments when she's absolutely 
just enchanting. There's, there's, yeah, say, yeah. there's, there's a, a light there's comes, a thick, the yeah. glow about her, yeah. isn't there? And, I mean, obviously, she was into the method acting and all that sort of thing. I mean, oh, like, that's yeah. it. I said, Paul Lawrence Olivia, she, he, he'd come on with like the best directions in the world, but fantastic actor, knows everything about acting there is to be. He would give her all this thing, what to do, okay, Marilyn, now just say it with, you know, you, you, you've got heart here and you've got to do it, blah, blah, long line, I can't remember the exact word. And then Susan Lee Strasberg, Susan Strasberg, the daughter, yep, okay, come on, take no notice of that Marilyn just thing of the little boy and the Coca-Cola. And that was the uh, direction. Motivation. Motivation. Yeah. Little boy and the Coca-Cola. And so she was sitting there thinking about little boy and the Coca-Cola, and she'd probably forget her lines then, because she's thinking too much about little boy and Coca-Cola. Yeah, little boy and Coca-Cola, then she forgot her lines. But then you mentioned you've got those seasoned professionals like Sybil Thorndike and those people who are thinking, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Couldn't stand it. Yeah, they didn't like it. And um, they did complain a lot about her. And I mean, she knew it, you see, that's the trouble. She knew it, she knew that everybody was against her. Mm. Um, I did talk to a couple of times. You couldn't, also, you couldn't get to her. She was surrounded by uh, Milton Green, a photographer, and Susan Stradberg. But I got her alone one day in, I don't know how I did. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? I got her alone, but I know it. I got her alone and I invited, because there was a big party going on in London at the Savoy or something. They said, try and get Marion to come. And I did. I spoke to her and I said, would you like to come to a party? Because everyone would love to have you there. She said, oh, no, that'll, that'll, be, that's a, that'll be a weekend. That'll be a work weekend. I have to work on the weekends, you know. She, so um, I tried to you know, befriend her, but, um, you know, there was a wall up there. Sure. It's a, it's a shame, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously, she, as you say, she was vulnerable, and, and she mm. was it, uh, you know in a, in a strange country with oh. a lot of and everyone hates very good her. actors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Not 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 working in the way she yeah, wanted to work exactly. in, in a weird sort mm. of way. But uh, mm. so I mean, uh, let's talk about a few of the comedians you've worked with because we're in the Museum of Comedy here, so we'll, we'll bring it into into those greats. Um, one of my favourite films you made, which I know you sort of winced at, but uh, was Fun at St Fanny's, oh, yeah. starring the great <laughs> Cardew the Cad Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was he like? Because he's a bit of a, a legend, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, he was, yeah, he was very funny. I, I had to do a love scene with him. I mean, he was my, my, my lover, <laughs> I believe it. Um, yeah, he was very nice, very funny. I can't say too much about him. Because of libel reasons? Or? No, oh, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> okay. no I don't remember that much that I can say, oh, we did this. I know at the end of this thing, we had to, it was like the end, and we both had to sit down on uh, something, two big cakes or something, and we got up, and on our bottom was like all cream and stuff saying the end, which I thought was a bit silly. But anyway. Classy stuff. Classy yeah, stuff, yeah. classy stuff. It's a British comedy film. What do you I, I can't really remember any sort of... Oh, Fre oh Freddie Mills, yeah, yeah, working with him. He, it was me, Freddie Mills and Davy Kay. We, we, that's our little threesome. We were like, uh, we were like the gangsters, you know. And here's another one. Freddie Mills nearly ripped off the director's head. Um, and I can't remember the director's name. Mills, was it? Somebody? Not Freddie Mills. Yeah, that's it. Well done, Morris Elvey. And Freddie Mills wasn't getting it right, you know. And he, he and Morris Elvey wasn't as gentle as uh, Carol Reed. And he, he was, start, and, you know, he was starting to run. He was swearing and cursing. And he was going to walk off the set. I've got to bust his head in in a minute. It really was very, very cross. And uh, I don't think Morris Elvey realised. 
<laughs> what he had there, you know. That's yeah, no, he's quite elderly, I must admit, when, when I uh, met yeah. him. Um, Reducer doing beautifully on a, a stitching time, time yes. Yeah. 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 Again, yeah. sort of uh, down to your Andes, which was a, a, a yeah. common thing. Yes, normal yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I mean was, that, was that a fun film to do? Yeah, it was, it was just one day's work. Mm -hmm. And um, he insisted, <laughs> he, he came on the set with me because he was going to take pictures, right? And and I said, no, no, got a towel, wrapped it around, leave that on until you actually go on Quite to Quite blatant it. cheesecake shots, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, he um, hated it, and he did actually take, uh, yeah, I suppose, glamour pictures, but uh, classy glamour pictures. I mean, they were still pin-ups, but with class, you know. And that was um, one of your last films, uh, before you, not, not retired, but you obviously had a family with, with Terry. I did sort yeah. of retire, yeah. yes, become a good wife and mother, which is what he wanted me to be, and I did. Was that, was that frustrating? Because obviously Terry's style was ascending, and you, and you must have been hanging out with some of the, the, the movers and shakers of swinging 60s Britain. It, it, it well, it, it was, part of it was, no, I, it, it was frustrating, actually, <clears> and, uh, but I was, we were still hanging about with people like, I'm afraid he was one of our best mates, used to come now for me. So it was, I was having fun in that way, but I, I was getting a bit fed up with not being in the business, you know. But I became pregnant very quickly and started family and, uh, um, that's, and the, the first baby, I lost the first baby, unfortunately. And that was very sad for me. And so I thought, right, now that's it. I'm, and I'm still actually working when I lost the baby. So I thought, that's it, finished now. I'm not, now I will become the wife and mother that Terry wants me to be and have a baby. And yeah, so that was it, you know. Um, but but the, the allure of show business came back and you went into cabaret, weren't you, uh, at one point? Oh, cabaret, I did cabaret before I not, met Terry. Not the show, I mean, actual proper cabaret. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, um, I went into cabaret... I was doing cabaret when I met Terry, actually, and he hated me doing that as well, because he hated sitting in the audience hearing all the, what the blokes were saying. I was just standing, singing in a, just a beautiful gown, and, you know, but he didn't like it, you know, like that anyway. So he didn't like anything that I did. He, he wanted me to be his and his, his alone, so he could go out every day taking pictures of Ursula Andres, Raquel Welch, <laughs> da, 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 every, every competitive, you know, but he'd got me safely at home, right? Anyway, I... Yeah, I started doing cabaret when um, the early um, when my career started going down the tubes was when the kitchen sink dramas came in, <coughs> and I wasn't a kitchen sink drama type. Mm. I was offered the part of uh, Rachel Roberts in Saturday Night and Sunday Morning, but I turned it down. Turned it down because I thought, oh no, I'm not playing that sleazy housewife. Blah 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 blah. No, you know. Uh, and uh, stupid, the, the most idiotic thing I ever did, but I did not have a very good manager who could say, no, don't be silly, Vera, you know, do it. But I didn't do it. Anyway, every time um, they wanted a glamour girl, at that time it became very fashionable to bring over an Italian girl. And it, uh, uh, so the career started to get a bit few and far between, mm. so I started to do cabaret, because uh, Diana Dawes did that, and she did, was quite successful, and she didn't have a great voice. But she, you know, did it, put it over. And I did the same thing. I didn't have a great voice, but I had these fabulous gowns made and sing, you know, you sort of do point numbers, like point numbers are songs that are not uh, pop songs or anything. They're just songs that um, 
tell a story, like Bob Monkhouse wrote me one, you know, uh, so they can't tax that thing called sex, you know, so I'm all over the place. I was going to say, so it wasn't just London, you, you toured oh, around? Oh, no, I went yeah. to South Africa, okay. I went to America, New York, uh, yeah, all over. I mean, do you have regrets about not going to Hollywood as an actor, uh, or, or are you happy? Well, when I was in America uh, mm-hmm. and, and doing the, the nightclub circuit, the, the pedatory... Pedatory, is that the word? The men, the men, men chasing, it was unbelievable. I mean, they talk about the casting couch in England, but so I thought, no way am I even going to try for that because it was, I just knew what it was. You, you, you worked, it was almost, uh, if there was a film about boxing or horse racing or somebody, you know, trying it on. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course he would. Of course he would. I mean, the first night I'd never time, and Bruce Trent's standing up singing this lovely romantic song, and 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 all the girls and boys are all sort of just 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 got their arms around each other, you know, not no mad sex scene, just sort of looking at each other. Anyway, I come out the show it's the first night, and I'm thrilled to death and happy. My mum and dad, and he comes up. So just keep your hands off. It was horrendous. And this poor John Ray standing there. He said it was. Horrible. And the stage manager said, and I have heard um, a complaint from one of where to put my face. What can I say? You know, what can I say? It's horrible. So, no, he would step in. Yes, of course he would. He didn't come in with me all the time because obviously he did work sometimes. He did have a job sometimes doing a bit of modelling or acting, or not yeah. often, but... Um, and, of course, you see, he uh, a lovely little red sports car that I had enough money to buy, but I didn't drive. And he, he was my chauffeur, he used to drive me about. And then he'd come in and he'd like, just stand in the corner watching. Oh, that's it, Sidney Taffler. Okay, um, to... What was it? Um, uh, what was that one I did with the show at the... Um, did you know, shop you know girl. What's the shop? No, the shop girl one. Oh, the crowded day. Yeah, the crowded day. Um, I have a love scene. Well, love scene. Have a scene in the car with Sidney Taffler, where again he just puts his arms around me and I'm saying, "Oh, yes, thank you for a lovely night, Sid, or whatever his name is." And then I suddenly say, "Oh, what's this?" You know, and it's a chauffeur. So I say, "Oh, what's this?" And he said, "Oh," and because he's a chauffeur, right? And I found his cat. So it's quite funny. You know, you would have thought that it was the sexiest scene you've ever seen. Arthur was there immediately, <laughs> tapping Sidney Taffler on the shoulder. Oh, no. Yeah. Telling him, OK, right, right, it's done now. Now, just you make sure you don't put your... Isn't that awful? And I had to face this guy, because we had to do it again, and I had to look him in the eye and say, look, I am so sorry. I mean, did get away from him in the end. I don't yeah. mean Sidney Taffler, yeah. I mean Arthur. <laughs> I, I mean, it took me a long time, I tell you, it really did. I mean, but so, so you, you were sort of saddled with, with some sort of poor, unattractive leading men like Cardew and, oh, and Sidney oh, Taffler. Oh. But, you, but you did get Roger Moore at one point, I got you? Roger so was, Moore, you, yes. You, you, you got, you got he was lovely. And, and, and lovely, but I wasn't with Arthur then. Oh, OK. I was with Terry then, and he was just as bad, because I was saying, oh, what's he like? Where's Roger? I said, oh, he's lovely. Oh, is he? Is he lovely? But, but he wasn't as bad as Arthur, but he wasn't very happy about it. 
I was mentioned about about uh, your films and obviously and, and a bit of TV, but I mean, would you say your 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 best work was probably on on stage at that time? On stage, which I did the uh, Marilyn Monroe part in uh, Bus Stop, you know, Cherie, mm -hmm. and uh, it was um, Leatherhead Leatherhead Repertory Company, and I thought, yeah, I'll do that. I only had a week to learn it and the whole everything, the lines, and I did it, and oh, I so enjoyed that, and I did get some very good notices. And, um, yeah, it was good. And uh, something else that I did that I'm very proud of, are uh, a, a play that Val Guest wrote for his wife, Yolandi Donlan, called The Red-Headed Blonde. And it ran for a long time in America. Anyway, he did a, um, a play, live play, and I got the part, Yolandi Donlan's part, and I did that. And uh, it was all live television, mm -hmm. so it was lovely. And I got rave notices for that. And uh, I, I just wish that... It's so the two things that I'm really very proud of. One was the theatre and the other one was that you, you can't see it. They're, just, they're like the, the yeah. best summers. They've just gone forever. Yeah, they? yeah. 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 But yeah. they're there, aren't they? In your, in your memory. They're in my of, memory, of, of yeah. Yeah. And I suppose in a, in a, in a weird sort of way, um, uh, the part that, that shows you what a superb act you really are was, was your, I suppose, your comeback film, which, which Guy oh, Ritchie gave you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk yeah, about, yeah, about yeah, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, Lockstock, Lockstock, Lock yeah, that's it. Guy Ritchie, yeah, but lovely, lovely guy, lovely guy. He didn't want to audition me because tried, but when, when Terry and I parted, I thought, well, now I'm going to try and get back into the business, which I tried and I aided. It was very difficult um, because I'd been out of it for such a long time and so many people had come along after me. Um, but anyway, the, he had uh, lots of, all the actors, I think, all the boys were on his books, my agent's books, and this part came along in the script and he said, oh, he said, oh, I've got an actress for you, Vera Day. And uh, lovely, he said, just saw my CV, blah, blah, and my picture didn't, none, oh, yes, well, I've got to listen to an audition, and, and that was it, and I got it, and it was lovely. Well, he, he knew your work, didn't he? He was yeah. a bit of a film it, buff, it, yeah, so he knew. Yeah, yeah. so he knew, yeah. knew that what I could do, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I've been trying, we, we met a while ago, but I was trying to track you down for years because of your Sir James connection, and <laughs> yeah. finally we found each other. Yeah. Across a crowded room, and it was it. But um, anyway, we won't go into that. Um, but listen, Phil, we're running out of time, and I, I want to throw it to okay. the audience because uh, <laughs> yes, Tony. All right, it might seem a silly question. Yeah. You you met Jerome Powell. Ah, uh, no, I met Arthur when he actually it was his last. It finished, so I didn't even get to see the show. And in fact, I've got a fabulous picture of me talking to him and him looking at me like that. And he was so nice, so charming, so handsome. He was lovely. Was he? I mean, we talk about obviously Boris Karloff. You watched as a kid. I mean, you mentioned about feeling grateful to be working with these people. I mean, did you sort of, you know, find yourself pinching yourself of how, how lucky you were in a way? That... Well, Marilyn Monroe, especially, I thought, my God, I'm working with Marilyn Monroe. I mean, the other two films that I'd done before, what was uh, like, um, yeah, I was working with Maya Zettling, I met Maya Zettling, which, yeah, it was good, I was quite... But it was nothing like working with Lawrence Olivier and yeah. Marilyn Monroe and, yeah... They and were the Olivier ones. Sort of, he, he built your part up, or he certainly took a shine to you, didn't he? 
Yeah, you didn't... As who wouldn't, of course. <laughs> he didn't exactly take a shine to... I mean, he didn't... Yeah, he took a shine to me, but he didn't build my... Sh well, what he did do, which irritated Marilyn greatly, because Marilyn Monroe wore a, a, a tight white dress all the time, all the way through it. The three Gaiety girls wore very pretty little dresses, but full. You know, nice, not a, just nice. Anyway, they brought, one day, they were getting fed up. I didn't know anything about this, but they called me and said, Vera, we, we want to make you a dress. Oh, right, what for? You know, I only a tiny part. Anyway, they made me this dress, which was made of, it, it just fitted like a glove. Like, absolutely fantastic. Oh, wow. And it was made of flesh colour, so it looked like naked, but it had, like, designs of... Um, mauve jewels all over. It was a stunning, stunning dress. And, yeah, I got this dress and I sailed on to the set, you know, all that. And she was standing there and her face, I promise you, I, I thought, whoa, what's the matter, what? She went mad. She was she was talking, she had uh, Hubby with her, what's his name? Can't remember his name. Yeah. And she was sort of whispering in his ear. She's like a little girl, you know, whispering. I mean, if that had been me and I'd been cross, yeah, I'd have been cross maybe, but I would have hidden her. I'm standing, whispering in his ear, pointing at me like that because she, I had this dress. And, um, you know, and she, she complained about it, but they said, well, well no, Marion, we've made this dress for her and she's going to wear it. And I, well, I think I was seen for it in half a second. But so she really didn't have anything to worry about. But, yeah. Have you seen the film, The Marilyn and Me, the, obviously the, yeah. the dramatisation? Yeah, what yeah. did you think of that? Was that a fair representation of it? I don't know, really, because I wasn't on... If I'd been on the set all the time, mm. I would say, yeah, but I don't really believe that she had a sort of a little mini love affair with this. I knew him very well. He was very nice. He said some very nice things about me in his book. But I find it hard to believe. Number one, she had her husband there. And number two, she was so beset with work and wanting to be work and wanting to do... The, I don't think she would have any They're based on a few facts under those things, but, but yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh is Olivier's dream casting, isn't he? He's yes. superb in that. Yeah, and he did get on a... You know, so he's like, oh, this bloody act, you know. <laughs> and he, but he did, and he did lose his terminal. The one day we're standing there, and she's, she's doing something, and she, he... Lawrence Olivia said to her, oh, Marilyn, I, I can't see you. I can't see you. She said, oh, well, if you can see me, and then I'm going. Like, and she meant, well, if you can't see me doing that part, not I can't see you, you know, and things like that. And he'd go, ah. So uh, she was very, very difficult. Yeah. Any, any more questions out there? Go on, they're not. Oh, you're so scared, you audience. Come on, I, I won't bite. Please, go on. Okay. Oh, you oh listen, you can't force it. No, I'm going to say, well, the, the doors are locked, Vera. They won't go out unless they ask a question. OK. I was just saying, so, so have you had any other ambitions? You made a couple of films um, uh, post-Lockstock. Uh, yes, um, I did a film called The Riddle, mm. uh, which was nice, but it just came out on DVD. Uh, it's DVD, is with, it? Or with CD? Derek Jacobi, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He was lovely, lovely to work with. And, uh, and I did a couple of uh, things on the bill, but uh, the years of doing TV, you'd go into a, a, a church hall, meet each other, talk to each other, get to know the other actors and actresses, go through it. This, you walk in, is part, right, do it. Oh, hello. You, you know, it's like the, the, the soul has gone out of it. Mind you, if somebody came and offered me some lovely part, I wouldn't say no, but I, I'm not chasing it. Not chasing it at all. So you're waiting for the right part to come? Yes, yes. All right, well, can you please thank me, Miss Vera Day? Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening.
This podcast was recorded live in front of an audience at the Museum of Comedy, Bloomsbury, London. Museumofcomedy.com.